0: morning, everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Ladig, and welcome to another week. I thought that um, we could today talk about life over the top. And what I mean by that is essentially living life to its fullest and expecting good things to happen. It's a popular topic of mine. Um, as you've (laughs) likely discovered from previous shows. But one of the things that I've discovered in my adventure is that it ultimately doesn't come down to money or anything like that, although certain things certainly cost money. Um, But it comes down to something else, something that we have full control of that we can change things in a moment of time.
1: And um, it seems like every week I'm reminded of just how
0: powerful uh, just simple steps, simple choices can can really be in our lives. So what kind of got me started in paying attention uh, to how I live my life is that I realized that for a long time I really wasn't happy with how things were you know just I just didn't really enjoy life I mean there were some areas where I did and other areas where I didn't like I I pretty much bought into the lie that you can't have it all and and that of course is different for every person you know I mean Having it all doesn't mean that you have millions of dollars in your bank account and all of that. It just means that you have fulfilling relationships, you're happy with what you do. You know, you're always in a state of self-improvement, of course, but um, you know, generally things go your way. It's not that you don't have surprises along the way that aren't necessarily positive. It just means that how you approach life is different than the average person who seems to tend to go through life more like a robot, you know, just kind of programmed. And, um, you know, the same old thing, mundane, day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, it's the same thing. And you probably know people like that. Maybe you've even experienced some of it yourself, but I mean, I know folks who I haven't interacted with for 10 years, you know, and I'll run into them somewhere, at a store or whatever. And as you speak with them, you kind of get the feeling like nothing has really changed. They're the exact same person that they were 10 years ago. You know, doing the same things, expecting the same things, complaining about the same things. I mean, it's just on and on it goes. And as I've stated previously, I am not a status quo kind of person, you know? I'm not a blind follower just because Um, I'd rather have you curse at me than accuse me of being status quo Um, because I'm anything but. But I don't embrace change just for the sake of embracing change either. I embrace change because I know that it works, and that's probably the big difference. And so in the midst of living a normal life, but wanting something more, but didn't even knowing like not even knowing what that meant, like I didn't even know what more meant. Um, I was really struggling in my personal business. My relationship with my first wife wasn't great.
1: Um, I was surrounded by a lot of people who just weren't building me up. You
0: know, they were just immersed in their own struggles. And so there was this constant negativity that I was surrounded by. And it it was driving me crazy because I saw it affect me. I saw it affect my attitudes. And I knew that there was a lot of things that I needed of approval. And I just didn't know how. Like, I didn't know what the answers were at all. And um, so we're talking time frame wise, probably See, it's 2019, so 16 or 17 years ago, I think is about where,
1: where I am in the timeline, and, um, and before, of course. And uh, so I discovered this book called Spiritual Publishing, and
0: it was written by Joe Vitale. It later became the book, The Attractor Factor. And as I read through that, it was a free download and he opened up the door to ideas that I'd never even considered before. And of course, as you well know, I've been following him, became friends with him, all of that over the years and, uh, still ascribe to a lot of the things that he shares in his new books. I buy them all. And, uh
1: one of there was one thing that he stated that
0: it caught my attention at the time he mentioned it i couldn't afford to do anything like that i just kind of admired the fact that he could and that was to carry a hundred dollar bill in my wallet and i didn't think that well, first of all, I didn't have a (laughs) hundred dollars. I didn't have an extra hundred bucks laying around that I could do that. Um, I was bound and determined to make that happen. But back then, like it took me, um, a month or more of just setting cash aside so that I could actually convert that into a hundred dollar bill, which is so crazy to think about now. But anyway, um, so I did it like I got to that point and around the same time he was sharing a story um, about how he bought this lighter. He had just gotten signed for a big publishing deal or something and he wanted to celebrate. And so he went to the store cause he liked smoking cigars and all of that. And he was looking at lighters and I forget exactly who he gave as a frame of reference, but um, you know, like if a successful, highly successful CEO of a, you know, Fortune 10 company came in and was looking for the best lighter you had, which one would you want to sell them? And um so the guy brought out this gold plated uh lighter, and I forget how much it was, it was not inexpensive to say the least. Um, but because it was made out of gold. It had very, very unique qualities to it. And one of the qualities to it was whenever you opened it up, it had like a real distinct ping to it. And um, you know, because of the metal that it was made out of. And so Joe bought it and it was
1: thousands of dollars. And um, I thought, there's one part of me that
0: thought, wow, what a waste of money, you know, I mean, you can get a big lighter for a dollar and a half or whatever. Not that I use lighters. I don't smoke. But um, <laughs> the only thing I use lighters for these days is to light smudges to go around the house, you know, to burn sage. Uh, and even those are like the little, the long extender starter things, fire starters. But <laughs> so that's that's my experience with lighter. Uh, but anyways for joe he thought it was cool and so every time he opened up that lighter to use it it was a reminder of his success and that is the real key and i remember one of the events that i was speaking at and he was speaking there too and there was a bunch of us hanging out one night after the event was over and he whipped out this lighter so i got to see it firsthand and i'm not really a smoker but you know whenever one of your mentors hands you a cigar and wants to light it with his multi-thousand dollar lighter, you're smoking a cigar. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. <laughs> and so, um, so I got to see the lighter firsthand and hear a little bit more of the backstory behind it all and everything. But it was, um, it was something that stood out to me, still does today. And it was, it seemed like a foreign concept, in some respects that just having a hundred dollar bill in your wallet or buying an expensive lighter or whatever would somehow make you feel wealthy or make you feel rich. But yet, being so many years out from that now and doing that on a consistent basis, there's something about it that makes you feel different. And a lot of people don't realize that how they feel has everything to do with the direction that your life goes, whether you're living a life of mediocrity or you're living life over the top. And I prefer over the top because magic happens. And it's not to say that we don't have struggles, Kristen and I, because we do. It's not to say that there's times where we're scratching our head going, where the hell is the money gonna come from? You know, but I mean, we have those sometimes weekly, you know, but the difference is how we respond to that, uh, scenario rather than, especially, I mean, I've learned, um, over the years and I've shared here before that there's no amount of worry, stress, anxiety, depression, um, complaining, Like, there's no amount of that that you can do that's going to improve your situation. You know, you can bitch all day long. It isn't going to make it better. It's going to make it worse, right? Uh, If nothing else, because of people running away from you because they don't want to be around your negative attitude all the time. And so the alternative, of course, is to not give into that, you know, to not complain. Call it faith if you will. Um, But having faith that somehow or another it's all going to work out. To me that is life over the top. So it has nothing to do with the amount of money that I have. It has nothing to do with anything like that. It has everything to do with how I view it all. Okay? How I view it all. So it's kinda like living life completely unattached. Like if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't affect me either way. It'd be cool if it worked out, but at the end of the day, I don't care. And it's not that I don't care, meaning I don't want it. It's I don't care, meaning I'm not attached to the outcome. And for the longest time, I didn't understand what that meant. Uh, when in reality, it really does hold the secret to living life over the top. You know, and I've had some really interesting examples of that happen. And uh, I shared before um, something specific that's been happening more and more to Kristen and I recently, and I'll get to to that uh, in a moment. But, like, one example for me is um, whenever we got our dinosaurs, okay, Buying 10 life-sized dinosaurs is kind of an over-the-top kind of thing. You know, it's not the kind of thing that happens every day. Uh, Chances are we'll never have that opportunity again. But it presented itself. And I had been talking about, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, we had a life-sized dinosaur? We didn't have the stores then. We weren't even thinking about the stores. Um, it was nothing like that at all. We were, um, running our antique booths by then. We did have those, but, um, we didn't have any of the stores. We weren't even thinking about opening the toy store at that point. Uh, matter of fact, we were on our honeymoon. (laughs) We were just, you know, we had just gotten married. We were on our honeymoon. We went down to visit friends in North Carolina who just happened to run a rock shop because we like, you know, Mining for gems and everything, just like many of you do, perhaps. And at dinner, I mentioned, you know, I'd love to find a life-size dinosaur. Like, I think that'd just be the coolest thing ever. And um, the guy, Doc, um, Doc's Rocks, Uh, the guy, um, Doc, says, well, as a matter of fact, I actually have some here that, uh, we've been thinking about selling Would you like to look at them? Of course, you know <laughs> So we looked at all the dinosaurs and everything and long story short. I've told this story before but long story short We ended up buying ten dinosaurs and We didn't have the money and a matter of fact, it was a kind of a point of contention because you know the next day we were at an antique place, and they texted and said, "Okay, everything is packed up and loaded on skids. We have an estimate from the shipping company, and it's five hundred bucks and I'm like, the dinosaurs just FYI were ten grand mm-hmm. so um, so it ended up being about ten five ten six, something like that with shipping and i you know I looked at Chris and I'm like, uh, I don't remember actually committing to buy them." I mean, they're cool and all, but we don't $10,000 and we didn't, you know, and uh, I said, you need to talk to them and let them know, Hey, you know, and so she texted back and it's like, uh, so what were you thinking from a payment point of view and everything's like, all we need is for you guys to cover the shipping and then you can figure out how to pay for, you know, pay, pay us over time or whatever, as long as they're paid for by, like December 1st or December 31st or something like that. And uh, so that gave us several months. And she looked at me and she told me that. And I'm like, well, we can come up with 10 grand in several months. I mean, that's easy, but, um, you know, just not at the moment. So the shipping was like $500. So we could do that right on the spot. And we did. And so it worked out. We got the dinosaurs shipped. They, they came to us. We moved them all into storage, which is a fun experience in and of itself. Um, just because we got these pallets with shrink-wrapped dinosaurs on them from an 18-wheeler. Um, so that was a fun experience. Uh, and then they, we just moved them into storage and let them sit there. Except for, like, one of the little guys. I brought him over here to the house. Uh, just to have fun with the cats. Or the cat. And um, so paid for, and then the following year, the following spring is whenever we started talking seriously about opening the toy store and uh, signed the lease and everything. And I think middle of May, beginning of June, somewhere in there is whenever we really started moving things in. And of course, then the discussion was, oh, we have to put the dinosaurs in the store because we're doing educational toys and all of that. And so all of that came together perfectly. Um, And so we ended up getting something really terrific that um, has been a a drawing card for us, for our stores, before the store even existed. I mean, it's just like the ultimate in advance planning without even knowing that we were planning in advance, you know. It was just kind of fell into our laps that way. And um, I mean, yes, we had to come up with the, the cash, obviously. But it was the opportunity that caught our
1: attention. and you know, it was really the opportunity. And um, the only dinosaurs that we saw and um, are the little guys like the Schleich and Papa dinosaurs.
0: We've talked about renting them out. Um, but, uh, I, and the dinosaurs that I'm talking about here aren't like little toys. They literally are life-sized dinosaurs and about half of them are animatronic. So they actually move and their tails swing and their mouths open and all that kind of stuff. Pretty cool. Um, but we sell a lot of toy dinosaurs, too. And actually, it's one of our best-selling things there, uh, especially the uh, Schleich and Papo ones. You know, they sell really well because they're pretty awesome. But anyway, so that was one really cool over-the-top example that kind of happened to us. And as we started dialing things in more, um, as far as our businesses and discussions and all of that, and I've shared this before a little bit, we started noticing that we had to be really careful what we gave time and attention to because you know things were in alignment we were really happy uh generally just happy and doing what we love and uh you know uh, not just doing for ourselves but uh supporting families through you know through our employees Investing in our local community, like all of that stuff we started doing. And what started happening was every single time we would get this idea, um, wouldn't it be cool if this or that, the opportunity would present itself and along with it, the temptation to jump in. And we noticed that we had to be really careful what we wished for, you know, we've all heard that. Phrase, right? Be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. Well, uh, very often that's mentioned in a negative connotation um, or that there's some negative attached to it. But what we found is the exact opposite, that uh, as we focused on things, opportunities would present themselves.
1: And here's another really good example. Um, yesterday at auction, I bought a bear. Uh, black bear a full-size taxidermy melt <laughs> and What's really curious about that is that just a couple of weeks ago
0: um, Well, maybe a month ago I uh, started getting more and more into buying and selling uh, bears Specifically stife bears. I've been buying more than selling because you know, you need inventory Um and one of the, not, let me think about this. I guess the the first one, the first stuffed bear that I bought recently. I've bought and sold them before. Um, when we had the antique booth, they actually sold really well. Um, but the first bear that I bought this go around is
1: um, it's a black bear uh, called uh, what is he called? Winifred
0: um because the uh like winnie the pooh you know and uh a Milne who wrote winnie the pooh uh the local zoo that they went to had this black bear there who was kind of like a stray and so he was raised from the time he was little and um, they called him winifred this black bear winnie for short and so Winifred, this black bear, became the inspiration behind Winnie the Pooh. And so this Winifred bear, um, it was a production, production um, came up for sale at this auction that I was at along with some other Stifes. And I was able to get him for a fraction of his value. I mean, it's basically a four or $500 bear. And I bought him for like $30 or $40 or something. And he's in my office now, sitting right next to me. But what's interesting is he represents this black bear cub, you know, that was for real and later got older and, you know, grew up and everything. But it inspired Winnie the Pooh, which I love, you know, Winnie the Pooh and all the stories and everything. You know, we all grew up with that. And uh, it's just one of those classic stories, uh, you know, and classic characters. And so, uh, starting with Winnie this black bear that I have in my office. Since then, I've bought maybe another dozen or so uh, Stifes, uh, including several, I think seven, on Saturday, this past Saturday. Uh, some really good deals, holy cow. Uh, but anyway, um, so that combined with what I shared last week, right? Um, if you were here last week live and we were talking about animal spirit guides and everything, I shared that, you know, my native name is bear walks in the light. And there's always been this connection with bears and all of that, which I've always felt. And so we go to this auction yesterday and here's this full size bear mount. Well, given everything that's been going on, like How many times are you going to, in your life, have an opportunity to buy a life-size bear mount? You know, (laughs) and you might think, why would I even want one? But again, i that's just how I think differently. Um, Because I'm thinking museum in the future, you know, all of that. Uh, And they had like foxes and wolves there, or mostly foxes, gray and red. But they went for way too much for what they were. But anyway... So there was this bear, and Kristen's like, you're going to bid on the bear, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. She's like, where are we going to put it? We'll figure something out. I'll stick it in my office if I have to. <laughs> you know." Um, and it it's not like a full-size male. It's probably like a younger female, but bigger than a cub. It's smaller than a full-size adult. um, But super cool. If, if you go on my Facebook page, I have a picture that I posted last night of it um after I won it. But I wasn't really thinking about, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I had a life-size bear stuffed bear um, you know for my office? Like I wasn't thinking about that. But I was giving a lot of focused attention on bears, right? And of course, you know, kind of my namesake and all of that as well. And then all of a sudden here's this bear. And so I had a number in mind that I was willing to go to. And no more. And uh, that number was based on research and such that I had done that similar amounts have sold for and everything. And so it started climbing pretty rapidly. And we hit my number. And it just happened to be my bid um, at that number. And uh, nobody did higher against me. So I ended up winning it. And Kristen's like, how far were you willing to go? And I said, that number, like that was my out, you know, one more bid and I would have been out because I just refused to go higher than that, um, than that number, which just we're all sort of kind of like family here. Um, so it was, ended up, ended up being 500 bucks. So that was my number 500. And, uh, so (laughs) I bought this bear mount for 500 bucks. And now it's like, I wonder where I'm going to put this, put this thing, you know, and I showed my mom this morning, she was here and she's like, what in the world are you going to do with that? (laughs) Like, I'm not quite sure yet, but you know, I was thinking, you know, we're, we're planning on having a museum of, you know, primarily focused on dinosaurs, but also other stuff. And So to me, in my logic, it just makes sense. Well, we're going to need a bear, right? If we're going to do a museum and have animals, we need bears. So that was the logic in my head. But, um, it's an over the top kind of thing. You know, it was unexpected. I wasn't planning on it. I wasn't looking for it. And that's one of the real crazy things. Um, Kathleen asked if it's standing on two legs or four. It's standing on two, well, four technically, because the way they mounted it, um, they have like this big molded rock. And so its bottom feet are like on the ground, if you will. And then the its two front feet are on this rock. So the bear itself is probably, with how it's posed, standing at about a 45 degree angle. And it's funny, whenever I was pushing them out of the auction, the auction was still happening. They were still selling, um, like, fishing and hunting stuff. And so the only way I could get the bear out was to go in front of the auctioneer's desk, which was kind of weird. And, and I, so they had the uh, mount One, a furniture mover, so I had wheels. So I'm pushing the bear in front of the auctioneer and everything as he's actively auctioning stuff. And uh, I'm pushing him by his butt. <laughs> so I have my hands on his bare butt, pushing him in front of everybody who's bidding on this fishing gear. It was just kind of a funny picture, funny scenario, but anyway. One of the real um, cool things, uh, all these interesting stories about
1: animals, um, to make a point, and the point is that Kristen and I have discovered that whenever
0: you are in alignment with why you're here on the planet, with what you're actively doing in your life, all of that, it's not like everything is going to automatically fall into place, which it does to a certain extent. But what I mean by that is it's not going to automatically fall into place without us having to do anything. Because there's work involved. There is effort involved. You know, like, what if I didn't have the money to be able to buy the bear? I mean, I did, which was awesome. But what if I couldn't? Then it would have been, like, opportunity lost. And, I mean, I would have obviously gotten over it. But still, I mean, what are the odds of me seeing another one? You know, especially at that price. Uh, Whoever had the original bear mounted like that, Like, I don't know if you've ever researched taxidermy, but it's not cheap. It costs a lot of money to have that done, especially a full mount like that. And so we got it for a fraction of what the original person would have paid for it.
1: But, you know, if we ended up not getting the bear, life wouldn't have ended, of course. But
0: living life like that where opportunities naturally present themselves, like where things just kind of go your way without you expecting it. That's life over the top to me. And ultimately, I trace a lot of it back to those early days when I started carrying $100 bills because it was kind of teaching me how to expect miracles. You know, how to expect the unexpected um, stuff that appears to be random, but whenever you kind of pull back and you look at things, it's like, oh, well, yeah, it makes sense. I actually was attracting this bear without even realizing that I was because, you know, I'll get a year down the road and it's like, oh, this bear would be perfect for this. And chances are highly likely that this fall is going to end up in the toy box window. (laughs) We've already talked about that, but, um, which I think would be fun. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, any of you have any desire to end up with dinosaurs or stuffed bears or even stifes for that matter, but it's much bigger than that. It's much beyond that because for each of us, it's going to be different. It's going to look different. And more importantly, it's going to feel different. And feelings, I touched on this last week or the week before, feelings really play into it, you know. And it isn't like you're just sitting there in meditation, just trying to feel what it would feel like to own a black bear using that example. It's not like that. Cause honestly, I didn't do that. Like I don't do any of that. Um, it's more like just being unattached to life, but expectant, you know, um, just being expectant, like, Let's say, you know, you need 5,000 dollars by the end of the week, and right now you have 300, and you have no idea whatsoever how on earth you're going to come up with 5,000 dollars. I've been in that situation many times, and even with much, much higher dollar amounts, and we have a choice. You know we can freak out. We can worry. We can, you know, be stressed out to the hilt. Or we can trust that, I don't know how this is going to happen, but somehow I just believe it's going to work out. And then it isn't just trying to scattershot and try anything and everything to, to get that money. I mean, I personally believe and live by the notion that we get inspired ideas, you know, uh, half the time, you know, many people just completely miss them because they don't realize what they are. It takes time to recognize, you know, just through practice to recognize, oh, this is a good idea. But one of the things that I've noticed is, uh, and I do this while I'm talking like right now, is that there's this constant stream of data that's coming into my awareness. Sometimes it's pictures, sometimes it's words or phrases or whatever, mostly pictures though. And, um, I've learned over the years that whatever comes into my mind, I go with it. Like it's there for a reason. It isn't just, you know, my subconscious playing mental games while, you know, my conscious mind is doing something else. Um, I've just learned to trust it. And there's been so many times where that trust or faith in the random thought that comes into my head, and many times it is random, that in just embracing that and trusting it, that becomes the solution to whatever it is that I'm facing. You know, I mean, if you think about it, okay, so I'm a teacher, and there's a lot of topics that I teach on. I'm a I believe that I'm really good at teaching. I enjoy it, and people seem to be blessed by it. And so, from that perspective, even in choosing courses, you know, what to give time and attention to, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a connection to my audience. You know, so as a result, nobody buys, or, you know, like two people buy, or something like that. Just using that as an example, that's my job. Okay. Me teaching is. Is part of my job it's part of what I do it's not the only thing I do for income obviously but it's certainly part of it a big part of it Um, but you know I get a random thought that pops into my head and says why not do this And I'm like ooh that's a cool idea I like that and so I'll just kind of usually I'll write it down um, so I don't forget it because I've been there and done that too Um, And then just kind of noodle on it
1: for a little while. Just kind of think about it. Usually I'll mention something to Kristen about it. And um, what I'm looking for is how it feels.
0: You know? Um, And most of you probably understand what I would mean by saying that I have a check about it. Okay, like something isn't right, it isn't sitting with me right, or there's just like this knowing something that no, that is not the direction. Okay, then I won't go that direction. But then there's other times where it's like, this is exactly what I was looking for, and things will come out of a conversation. And, um, like a really great example, Kristen and I just the other week were having a discussion, and she's like, I don't know what to do in this part of my business, and blah blah blah. And, Uh, We're talking about expectations of men toward women in professional environments That's what we were talking about and how you know um, Not all men, but many men expect You know women to be dressed to the nines and you know wearing business suits and have their hair done and makeup and heels And all that kind of stuff before they'll even take them seriously which of course is ridiculous, but you know the good old boys club is alive and well and it's not just in business you see it everywhere and um with men it's different like men can show up looking however the hell they want and doesn't matter but women is a different thing it's such a unbalanced uh kind
1: of thing that exists and so we are talking about that and you know Kristen
0: is not a dress up frilly kind of girl. I mean, she just never has been in her entire life. And I'm cool with that. Like, I'm all about comfort and, you know, everything. You know, I want to be comfortable, which is why I live my life in t shirts. Um, And it's not that I don't have dress clothes, although I just got rid of most of them because I lost too much weight. But um, it's just not my gig, you know, right now. And so I can relate to her, but I can also relate to the discrimination, you know, because I've seen it firsthand um, for years. And it was, it was a really interesting discussion. And I, you know, of course she was right. And, and I've seen her run into that issue, even with our, some of our own employees at times, you know, they'll listen to me, but they won't listen to her. And she's the one that runs that part of the business. So it presents a problem. And um, so in her lamenting in this conversation, she's like, why
1: can't I just be a casual entrepreneur? You know, and I'm like, that's your answer right there.
0: She's like, what are you talking about? Like, you need to brand yourself as the casual entrepreneur. That way you're justified in being casual because that's your brand. She's like, holy crap you're right. Okay. We need to look this up and so, <laughs> URLs went flying and you know, all this kind of stuff. She was immediately into logo creation mode and everything. And of course now she's completely rebranded part of that, that part of her business, um, from startup ninja, I guess it was to casual entrepreneur and it fits her perfect. It's like the perfect thing. Were we looking for the new brand? Not necessarily. We were having a discussion about, you know, inequality in the workplace, men versus women. But within that discussion, what us being open to and listening to what's coming into our awareness, you know, boom, this awesome brand showed up uh, for her. And I mean, it's just perfect. And that's how things tend to go you know, uh, when you quote-unquote least expect it, even though there is this underlying constant expectation, but it's not expectation based on need. It's expectation based on trust or faith, you know, if you will. So it's not like, well, God, I know you're up there and I'm one of your children, so I expect X, Y, Z.
1: It's not that at all. It's more like... I don't know the answers, but somehow I know that things are going to work out the way they need to.
0: And as soon as you take that open-handed approach, immediately what takes place, and this took me a long time to figure out because I'm a bit of a control freak at times, less and less it seems these days, but certainly where I was younger, holy cow. You know, I wanted everything to be in my control. Um, But what happens when you take that unattached, open-handed approach, what starts falling into place is instead of the answer or the solution being limited to your knowledge only or your expectation only or your projection only, Because we tend to be very tunnel vision. We need X amount of dollars or we want to see this happen, but it has to happen this way. We don't consciously think that, but yet we create that kind of a scenario. You know, well, if I could just get a raise or if I could get that bonus or whatever. So it's like, well, I work for a company and that's where I get my paycheck. Therefore, they are my source. When in reality, nothing is further from the truth. It doesn't matter whether you understand that or not. It doesn't even matter whether you believe it in some cases. But the reality is whenever you take things from a more open-handed approach, now all of a sudden dots can be connected in ways that you've never even considered before. Which is why I constantly believe that we're surrounded by abundance, which we are. You know, I mean, all you have to do is look at the earth. We're surrounded by abundance. Where we get into trouble is whenever we want it on our terms. Because then we'll try to make it happen. And most of the time, we screw it up. Because we're not listening and allowing. We are projecting. It's got to happen this way. And then it doesn't happen that way. And it's like, this shit doesn't work. You know, Tony's full of crap. No, I'm not. You know, I proof after proof. You know, I've been living this way a long time, and there was a time where I was a constant worrier. I was constantly stressed. You know, I mean, that was my life. I was like that. And the epiphany for me was what I shared earlier, that there's no amount of worry or stress that I can endure that's going to change it for the better. It just isn't. You know, you can't worry your way to a million dollars or worry your way out of a problem. You can't. It's impossible. But yet I started noticing that somehow every time everything always worked out and we've put it to the test. You know, I mean, we've been there's been times where we faced some incredibly challenging situations that seemed impossible. I mean, literally impossible. And being on the other side of that, I can tell you confidently that every time, not 99.9% of the time, 100% of the time, every scenario has worked out, 100%. And, of course, that builds your faith to know that, well, you know, And I mean, whenever I was first getting into this, like the voices in my head, so to speak, you know, God, the aliens, whoever it is. It it could be like my divine soul, honestly, it's probably who it is. But anyway,
1: um, another conversation. I would get these questions coming into my head saying, you've been in
0: tough situations like this before, right? Yes. Did you fail then? No. So then what evidence can
1: you present to me this time that you're going down? Like, if it's always worked out in the past,
0: what proof do you have that this is the time you're screwed? This is the time you're going down. Truth is, you have no proof. Because most of what we worry and stress about is future tense. It's imaginary. It doesn't exist. We're reaching into the future to a possible end result, pulling it back into the present and offering it as proof, when in reality it's imagination. It doesn't exist. So, you know, and let that sink in. I mean, that's a huge thing. So living life over the top, isn't about doing outrageous, outlandish things unless you want to. You know, it isn't about buying dinosaurs or bears unless you want to. It isn't about having a million dollars in the bank unless you want to. Now, with the million dollars in the bank, let's talk about that for a second. Who doesn't want a million dollars in the bank? You know, I would like to. I don't have a million dollars in the bank. It would come in handy right now. Um, you know, i just invest it all back into my town, but, but that's me, you know, you wouldn't have to, but to me, having a million dollars in the bank isn't in most cases what we really want. We want the power behind what we could do with a million dollars in the bank, right? It's really about that. What could we do with a million dollars? Not just having a million dollars. What do we want? Bragging rights. That's actually a funny idea, Mark. Black Bear Rock Shop. That's funny. We actually have a name for the rock
1: shop right now, but we may need to reconsider that. Because um, I kind of like that. I could see him in that environment. So at the end of the day, like, you know, I want a million dollars. It's
0: like a default thing. But in reality, you want the lifestyle that a million dollars would bring. And what you'll discover, if you really get honest about it, is that in many cases, uh, you actually don't need a million dollars. You may need $150,000. And that's a little bit more doable than a million. Um, But if a million dollars is sitting in the bank, like money needs to be active. It has to be moving. You know, you want money to be moving. Ideas need to be moving. Um, It isn't like where the problem sets in is whenever we have a terrific idea and we don't take action on it or we stop like if we stop, how's it ever going to circulate? Money requires circulation. Ideas require circulation. So there has to be movement in one form or another. And, it, and it's not to say that you shouldn't save or invest or whatever. I mean, you absolutely need to do that. One of the things that I've started doing um, starting a few months ago is investing in silver and um, mostly like silver rounds and stuff like that, but also um, regular coins, you know, because some of them have a greater numismatic value than silver, their silver content because most older coins are 90% silver. Um, you know, but if you get like, a a mint quality Morgan dollar with, you know, two little magic letters in there called CC on them, (laughs) um, it's going to be worth a lot more than just, you know, the silver. Uh, and so one of the reasons why I like the idea of silver is because it's fairly inexpensive. You can buy a silver round for 20 bucks. And, I mean, imagine if you just bought one a week or two a week or whatever. Uh, over time, you amass this nice little collection of silver. And silver's very easy to flip. And so that's what I've been doing. Every week I'll buy some. You know, just a little bit here and there. Sometimes a lot more than here or there. But <laughs> most of the time it's just like a couple rounds. And there's a couple places that I use like Provident Metals and Atmax. and or Atmax, places like that. But also auctions. There's always coin auctions. And um, so that's a different way of setting money aside for a rainy day, quote unquote. And so now I have a couple thousand dollars worth of silver that's sitting in a safe, very
1: secure. (laughs) But um, at the end of the day, like. Just kind of in a wrap things
0: up perspective, there's a few things that I've identified that. Are absolutely necessary to make what I've been talking about actually work. One is your attitude. You know, we we've if you've grown up in um, you know the success space at all, you've heard about having a positive mental attitude, and there is something to that. But it's not just having a positive mental attitude; it's having an expectant positive mental attitude. That is the difference. Having an expectant, uh, positive mental attitude, because then it's like active tension, but not tension from the negative perspective. It's tension. Uh, we could call it actually divine tension. You know, it's kind of putting the universe on notice. Hey, I'm not messing around here. You know, We have this relationship and it's ongoing back and forth. Um, So that's really important. Um, You also have to get rid of negativity um, very actively. Negative people, negative situations, negative scenarios. You know, if you have negative shit going on in your life, you have to identify why. Like, it's still there because you're getting something out of it. And so that becomes the bigger question. What are you getting out of allowing that to remain in your life? Because it can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't have negative going on in your life and expect a positive result. It just don't work that way. So, you know, the negative has got to go. It's got to go out of your own belief system. It's got to go out of your friends and family. If it means breaking friendships, distancing yourself from relatives, whatever, Like, if you really want this to work, you got to get extreme about it. And it's not to say that you never talk about them, but you don't have to let them in. You know, you don't have to let them get into your head. Um, I mean, because not all my relatives are positive. um, But, and I still interact with them at times, but it's very limited compared to perhaps how it used to be. So there's that. You also have to recognize that, uh, like I said earlier, there's no amount of worry or stress that's going to positively impact your situation, so why do it at all? It's just a habit, and habits can be unlearned. Okay, so develop a different habit. Develop a habit of faith. There's an idea. And I don't necessarily just mean faith from a religious perspective. I mean, faith from the perspective of trust that I don't know how, but somehow things are going to work out, which of course works perfectly within Christianity and other religions because they're based on faith. Faith is important just like love is, you know? So we have to have both in our lives. And, uh, and speaking of love, love is another part of it. We have to love what we do. And if there's something that you don't love doing, why are you doing it? And the biggest part of love at all is loving yourself. Do you love yourself or not? And if you don't, you need to identify why and change it. Because you're unique compared to everyone else on this planet. You you are unique. And that means that you're here for a specific purpose that no one else is. It's up to you to identify what that is. But, you know, nonetheless... And then um, as inspired ideas come to you, you know, whatever it might be, it might be, you know, you need to eat more broccoli. (laughs) Been there and done that one, you know, but it could be something completely different, you know. You feel this urge to go to Target and as you're walking around the Target, you run into an old friend and you start up a conversation and it turns out that they have the exact answer to a problem that you're looking for a solution for. I mean, I've seen crazy, crazy stuff like that happen. You know? Um, Kristen just a couple of weeks ago was at a uh meeting with some friends of hers in a local in our local coffee shop and there was a gal sitting at the next table and somehow, I don't remember how exactly now, but a conversation was overheard and Kristen started talking to this other girl who literally just moved into the area and was originally from like New Zealand or something. And long story short, they were looking to buy buildings in downtown Chambersburg. She and her husband just moved here and they struck up a friendship. And now we're looking at possible developer business relationships with them. I mean, it's just really random stuff, you know, um, but yet it happens all the time to the point where we have to be extremely careful what we give focus and attention to because it's like, oh, that's what you want? Okay, you know, and it just starts happening. It's like, no, 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 not not yet. <laughs> what, what am I going to do with all of this now? You know, maybe six months from now or a year from now or whatever. Um, and so that's ultimately what happens is it gets to the point where it just naturally flows. There's a flow to everything and it could seem impossible. It's just not, you know, now will you get there overnight, it, it is a process, no doubt about it. But, um, you have to take those steps. It might just be one step at a time. Probably should just be one step at a time, but, um, you'll get there and we're still getting there. I mean, we're still figuring stuff out. Um our problem and this is probably more Kristen's problem than mine, but it's certainly there with me too is uh is getting impatient. You know, I want it all now. <laughs> you know, um it's like why why do we have to you know, wait and just barely get by sometimes, even though it all works out sometimes it's by, you know, the skin of your teeth, so to speak. Why can't we just get this massive influx of cash and everything just gets leveled out to even playing field? I don't know why. I don't know. You know, if anything, it just takes more trust and faith in a process to see things work out progressively than, you know, to just go out and win the lottery. And it all be done, you know, not to say that I don't buy lottery tickets. I do, you know, I just bought them over the weekend. I mean, you know, whenever the Powerball hits $448 million or whatever it is, um, it's stupid not to throw a couple bucks at it, even though the odds are ridiculous. You know, you can't win it all if you don't have tickets. So just on the off chance, the universe decides, hey, it's time. I'm ready. <laughs> You know, and who knows? Nothing will really change. I'll still keep teaching.
1: I'll still, you know, keep doing the things I'm doing now. Just probably faster. Um, But anyhow, let me look at some of the uh, comments and questions.
0: Uh, Ann said, my daughter had her boyfriend's deer head mounted two years ago for over $900. You got a fantastic buy. Yeah, it was it was interesting and creepy at the same time because they, there were a lot of mounts. Um like there was like an elk and um some deer, um, a couple wild boars, um, like a ram. Uh they had a out there, which was awesome. Um, I was really tempted, but you know, <laughs> I didn't see any immediate need for it. Um, but so they had a lot of stuff like that, which I'm not, you know, animal heads hanging on walls has never really been my thing per se, but then they had like two gray foxes and a red fox and some ducks. And I think that's, I think that's basically
1: it. And the bear, of course, which, you know, is super cool. Um, these are all recorded, Gary. Now, there's the last
0: couple I haven't uploaded to SoundCloud yet, which um, I I promise that I will do my best to get those uploaded. Uh, but if you go to nerdunscripted.com and scroll down to the bottom, there's links there. Um, I basically load them to SoundCloud so you can listen to them there. Uh, there's a direct link there. And then they're also available
1: in iTunes. So I have a couple that I'll be uploading. Mavis says, this is an excellent
0: reminder for me. When I was doing freelance editing, I had to be careful not to wonder about the next job because then I'd be inundated. Yeah, that's the exact thing that I'm talking about. Yep. And uh, Lori says, congrats on the weight loss. Uh, Would like for you to be around for a long time. That's the plan. And it's kind of cool. I mean... I went from a like a very snug size thirty eight pants uh to I am now wearing thirty fours very comfortably. Thank
1: you very much, and uh I like that uh Jess says there was a
0: time in my life I worried with every problem then I discovered by immediately finding the solution was much more effective yet. I see many who spend so much time stressing and
1: not seeking the solution. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And Mark says,
0: the goosebump moment I truly realized that happiness and contentment only comes from within is etched into my memory. I was stunned and flabbergasted. I had all the power all along, all the crap I had subjected myself to internally over the things I had perceived as unchangeable Just needed to be looked at from the perspective of possibility instead of resignation. Uh, Almost ashamed of being emotional about, uh, about things, only to find that feelings are the key. Exactly. If you feel defeated, you will not look for opportunities or even see the opportunity right in front of you. It was so long ago that I clicked that switch. That I would almost forgotten that version of me. Your story of the younger you triggered my memory of the clueless me. Yeah, I was clueless as well. I can totally relate. Uh, Kathy says, great session. We are surrounded by abundance. Just heard Sunday that God could have created one type of tree or even ten. But instead, look at how many different kinds of trees there are or flowers or birds. Yeah, exactly. and And not only right? Not only did, uh, was there created so many different kinds of trees and flowers, but look at how they were created. You know, my favorite example is oak trees, but it really stands to reason for all of them. You know, you have these acorns, which if you have a metal roof, isn't the most fun thing in the world. Um, especially in the fall or if you have squirrels, but, um, contained in every, you know, Every acorn is another tree full of tens of thousands of acorns potentially, right? So not just abundance at that level of all the different kinds of trees, but abundance even from the level
1: of the seeds that get planted. And that's where it gets really fun. Tony says, I think I could move a million. Dude, I know I could.
0: (laughs) I mean, our long-term plans, I have priced out at about 500 million right now. So a million
1: would be like, "Uh, whatever. (laughs) Chris says, yes, why can't I have it now? Can you research this one? I can actually tell you the answer to that question. And here it is. This is the million dollar response. The answer to why can't I have it now is that you already do. You already have it now. The reason why you haven't taken possession of it is because you don't realize that you already have it now. I'll let you noodle in that one. Because it is the truth And says it sounds to me like you and Kristen need to bring a box truck to the
0: auctions. Well, actually, we have an enclosed trailer that we just bought maybe two months ago.
1: We have an open trailer as well, but we got the enclosed one. it's a. Uh, six by 10 or something like that. Really nice. Um, And
0: so it makes it easier for us to get furniture or in this particular case, um, a bear, which is what I used to pick it up last night Has a nice ramp and everything on it. So we've looked at box trucks, but for now we, uh, and I think ultimately we will get one. I like the uh, Mercedes sprinters. I think they're pretty awesome. Um, The high top, uh, vans that they make, and uh, we'll probably end up getting one of those at some point. Um, but her Jeep, well, three of our four cars
1: have tow packages, but we mostly use her Jeep to pull the trailer, and it works fine for now. <laughs> Mark says, "Win the lottery and get faster."
0: Tony at the speed of light. It probably, a lot would happen fast, I think. Uh, Ann says, wow, congratulations on the weight loss, too. I'm uh, working on it uh, also. So I'll let you in on my secret. Secret is I started drinking the amount of water that we're supposed to drink every day. You know, six to eight glasses, the proverbial. I usually uh, follow the notion of, um, half of my body weight in ounces. So it's a little bit higher, but I normally average, well, not yesterday. (laughs) I didn't drink a lot of water yesterday, but normally I'm averaging around six or seven bottles a day. Just that dropped weight. Um, just doing that Because my body got rehydrated and all of that, which is important. And so it started releasing fat because it no longer needed it to protect my cells. Uh, And then we also um, eat mostly keto, probably closer to paleo. Because there's some things that we eat that aren't necessarily keto. But mostly uh, got rid of pretty much all sugar. Um, I would say 90% of our sugar starches so like potatoes and pasta and stuff like that um we don't eat any of that Um, but replaced it with and, and so bread like no bread of any kind um but we replaced it with other things you know so um one of our favorites is the riced veggies that you can find like rice cauliflower um rice broccoli you can find some really cool blends we eat a lot of that stuff or mashed cauliflower those kinds of things that are at least a little bit more healthy. I mean, broccoli is better for you than cauliflower, but still cauliflower, cauliflower is better for you than potatoes. So it's kind of like a, (laughs) you know, trade off of sorts, but just those two changes alone
1: is that's literally all that I've changed. Uh, we're thinking about it, and she says, uh, you should do a wrap
0: with all your business advertising on your trailer. Um, the Sprinters are very nice. Yeah, we first discovered the Sprinters um, going to one of the local uh, art festivals, one of the higher-end art festivals. And here's all these Mercedes Sprinters parked in a row. And we're like, look, it's a Mercedes. I mean, I love Mercedes. I have, that's my primary car, the SUV, but... Um, We've looked at a couple of them, but ultimately it's justifying the expense right now. That's kind of the way we, you know, um, try to look at things. And I would like to get a couple of our vehicles paid off so that we're not paying crazy amounts. I mean, I think our vehicle monthly payments are probably higher than a lot of people's mortgage, but so we'd like to change that. Uh, Tony says, the big Merck um, sprinters are almost like driving a small truck. Yeah, I've
1: driven one before. Um, I liked it. Mark, <laughs> Mark says, you sounded a little sad when you said no bread
0: of any kind. Yes, um, because no bread means no pizza, unless you get really creative. So you can make some really good crusts out of cauliflower just smash, uh, mash cauliflower and, uh, you have to squeeze all the water out, which is kind of a pain or using cheese, which we are eating cheese. And, uh, so
1: either one of those work really well, but yeah, no bread. And I like sandwiches, but you know, you find, you find alternatives. Irene says, let's hope someone doesn't get the bright idea of banning cauliflower
0: like cows. Yeah, I I think at the end of the day, weight loss ultimately comes down to just not eating a bunch of junk food and maintaining proper portions, like proper portion size. Portion control can go a long way (laughs) to helping you lose weight. But I'd say more than anything, especially after this experience, is... um, proper hydration. You know, like drinking five bottles of soda, even if it's diet or stevia or whatever, a day isn't hydration. And I drink my fair share of stevia soda, believe me, but
1: you still have to drink the water. Your body kind of likes it. Irene says, Costco has a great cauliflower crust pizza.
0: Yeah, we found one, too, that we like. Uh, The problem is that it isn't just cauliflower, at least the one that we found. There are other ingredients in it. It's GF, um, you know, but there's, like, some rice flour or something like that in it. But I've made them just out of pure blended cauliflower. Um, It's squeezing all the excess liquid out that's a little challenging, and then you just kind of shape it and bake it um, ahead of time. And then once you've baked it, then you put your toppings and your sauce and all that on it. And I'll tell you what, though, uh, you
1: can't tell that it's not a bread crust. It, I don't know why, but it is so good. Oh, that's interesting. Chris said, I went some place where they made
0: a pizza using very thin chicken as the bread under the cheese and
1: tomato sauce. Haven't heard of that one. That sounds yummy though. I love chicken. Gary says, lots of water, no bread, but exercise? I haven't been exercising. Just, you know, to be honest. I mean,
0: Carrying boxes to my car from auction, (laughs) if that counts as exercise, then I'm in. I mean, I do a lot of that kind of exercise, but I don't go to a gym or anything. I should. I mean, you know, just to get muscle tone and some of those things, I'm sure would be good for me, but I haven't. And Tony says, a year ago, my partner Sue decided to follow a proper diet, which is eat as much as you want of the right things. I've lost 20 pounds of weight by default no exercising. Yep. I believe it. It's kind of crazy. Sugar is a tough one for me. Like I'm not a sugar addict, but I love chocolate, especially really high end good chocolate. You know, so in other words, most chocolate that is not made here in the U S is the kind of chocolate that I like, you know, so some of the chocolates that you get from Uh, Switzerland or Ireland, even some of the UK chocolates I really like. But there aren't many. Almost all chocolate in the U.S., not all, but almost all, use high-fructose corn syrup. And I just can't stand that. You know, so like Dove is a good example that they don't use that. But Hershey's and all of them, which Hershey's is an hour away, but, uh, and even Lint chocolate, they're about an hour away a different direction.
1: Um, But they all use high fructose corn syrup. (laughs) Mark says, sometimes you just have to have the snickerdoodle though. This is true.
0: And I have some GF ones sitting in my freezer that my mother-in-law made and they are yummy. Mavis says, develop a love for dark chocolate. Yeah that's what Kristen eats all the time. I just, I mean, I can eat it. The really dark stuff, like 70, 80%, you know, I would just assume not even eat any chocolate if that was my choice. But anyway, I digress. Now I'm hungry for chocolate. So with that, uh, we're going to wrap things up this week and, uh, next week we'll dig into another topic who knows what it'll be i'd love to know most of the time i find out you know a couple hours before it's time to go live so that's how it just seems to be and i can't do anything about it uh until then we will uh you know keep doing what we do right Chris says, looking forward to getting uh, to your training on Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to teaching this one. You know, you think you've known something a certain way or you know everything about a certain topic. And then you make a discovery that changes everything. And that's kind of like I was never planning on teaching about patents ever again. And
1: then I made some discoveries that changed all that. So, anywho. All right. Well, we'll see you later, Uh, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. And next Tuesday, we'll do it all over again.